Welcome to the Geniuses of Copywriting Podcast, a peek into the minds and strategies of the world's greatest copywriters, marketers, and persuasion experts. And now, here's your host, Brian Cassangina. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Geniuses of Copywriting podcast. I've got a really interesting guest for you today, uh, a guy who uh, a lot of you um, won't have heard of. Um, he's not somebody who is out there as a, uh, a copywriter for hire, but um, from what uh, I've seen with him, worked with him, spoken on stage with him, um, you know, I, I can see he's one of the most knowledgeable copywriters, marketers, and uh, uh, you're just all around marketing is the best way that I would uh, I would describe you, uh, uh, Nick. So I really appreciate you coming on the show today. How are you, mate? Good. Doing very well. Thanks for having me on. No problems. Uh, good to hear from you. Um, so uh, I know you've got a, a very interesting story. So um, for the folks who don't know who Nick is, um, he's a, a friend of mine from back home in Sydney, Australia. Um, he is a uh, creator of the, uh, of the quiz platform Leadshook, which we'll get into a bit later. Um, he's one of the smartest marketers that I know, uh, which is why he was uh, invited um, to the, uh, the event that we spoke at, Nick, in, in Dance yeah, Poland good. With, uh, for, for, for Drayton Bird's 83rd birthday. Bond Howard, John Carlton and guys like that. So... so um, I know that uh, uh, that uh, uh, anyone can tell that you wouldn't have been invited to that if you didn't know your stuff. So I'm looking forward to uh, hearing some of your wisdom. Awesome. All right. Well, happy to share. Uh, yeah, let's get kicking. <laughs> so uh, um, how did you get started in marketing? Because I know you've uh, been around for a while. That's not, that's not a, uh, a, a, a having a go at your age <laughs> or anything. <laughs> oh, you're probably up to me, but... Uh, um, but uh, 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 I know you've had, you've uh, um, been around for a while. Anyway, you've, you've uh, been to a lot of events. You know a lot of stuff, and you've started successful companies. So, um, tell us a bit about how you got started. So I got uh, started. Well, my background's in banking, um, in investment management, actually. So that's where I actually started. And uh, luck would have it, or an opportunity arose where I could join um, a family-based business. Uh, which was in pharmaceuticals distribution. But one of the things they did do was, uh, was branding um, the, <laughs> the dirty word in direct response, <laughs> uh, which was launching, <laughs> launching, uh, yeah, launching brands. I mean, this is like fast moving consumer goods, you know, toothpaste and all that sort of stuff. And so that's where I got my start. Uh, and, uh, and though, you know, it's in, within direct response circles, sometimes it's, it's not given the respect that it probably should get. Uh, you, when you look at the lifetime value of some of these products, if you look at it in the lifetime value sense, you know, you, you sell a, a toothpaste on day one, I get you at age five and I have you at age 80, you know, so the lifetime value is very, very high. So the margins may be low on a whole product basis, but the fact that someone consumes a pack a month over many years makes it a very, very lucrative business. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's just so kind of translate from, from finance to look at it from that standpoint. It made a lot of sense that 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 if you could uh, you know come up with a campaign that no one uh, that didn't require any more marketing and they could just go on the shelf and keep buying your stuff over and over again, uh, so the lifetime value in the fast food consumer goods business in, is counted in years, not in you know three months or two months or whatever. So so mm. I think that's that's what that's what appealed to me about it. And then as I was starting to learn more about marketing, I ended up running into 
Estelle's letter, I don't know, I must have been on some list with uh, Ed Dale and Frank Kern. They talked about the underachiever method. So this is early Google. Google, I think, was only around for a year or two or whatever it was. Yeah, I remember and, that uh, those times. <laughs> ended up on the Gold Coast. Uh, and Trevor Crook, uh, our good mate, Toe Cracker, he was the one who wrote, wrote, I think he wrote the sales letter for that or the follow-up event. I can't remember which yeah, he one. He wrote was, one of them. I know that yeah. um, uh, Michelle Fortin, who was on, on this show too, he wrote, I think he wrote one of them and, the, and then Toe Cracker wrote the next one. Right, okay. Then it must have been, uh, you know, uh, Michelle's... Uh, uh, sales letter. So I, I was just intrigued by it because I'd, I'd only been in the offline world, uh, you know, TV ads, radio ads, all that sort of stuff. And so I was transitioning towards this online thing. And, you know, they're talking about, you know, putting keywords and you could stuff, you know, 2,000 keywords in an ad group. They were totally unrelated. <laughs> it, was, it was like the good old days when you're getting yeah. once in two seconds. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. And so, so that's where I kind of got my start. I, I did go through the program. I, I started my ebook uh, and, you know, and it was a abysmal disaster. Um, but I learned a lot in the process. Uh, and, but, but the biggest lesson was, um, was for me was opening up my eyes to your ability to track because I'd come from, you know, the finance world, you know, spreadsheets and tracking and analytics came, came kind of naturally to me. And I could see what the potential of this was where, while in branding world, we, we'd had to sort of do lots of customer surveys and, and, and you test lots of concepts because the cost of getting it wrong was very, very high. Like, I mean, you can do a product launch, like a real product launch, not one of the online ones, where you're, where you're down like two, three hundred grand, even before you, even before first mm. dollar walk, with the research and the time you put into the product development, uh, the, the creating of the TV ads, radio ads, all that sort of stuff. And then you buy the media and you finally launch it. You know, it's, it's a couple hundred K to a couple of million bucks minimum to start and if you got it wrong um you know it was a, it was a big big loss so while the online world ended up being like you could just kind of run anything you want and learn from that so that was the first kind of liberating or, or the big takeaway for me was was that that transition so i came from finance where you go look at these numbers went to branding where you learned you know the the idea of, of coming up with a with a good big idea a big enough concept that you can you can drive, uh, you know, or positioning, I should say, which you can uh, sort of bank on or advertise for many months or many years to come. So, and then you come into the online world, which is, you know, mainly copy driven. So what, what, what had happened was a part of the underachiever package was, was they'd sold like a package for two grand or grand or whatever it was, was the, uh, a Gary Halbert course from the eighties. I think this was, this was like the, probably the one of the, one of his biggest courses ever done. It was like, I don't know, about 30 or 20 something videotapes. VHS yeah. videotapes. Yeah, that's old. And school. I was, just, yeah, very old school. And I was, and that was when I got my start in in copy as such. Uh, and then got to go to two Gary events, it's in Gary Halbert events, and then the Gary Bensavenga event, and along the way to many others. But the, the, and then a, a Drayton Bird event of all things. So I'd kind of like covered like the top three guys I wanted to learn from. And there was enough on the education side uh, of of things. And then it was a matter of just testing and tracking uh, what would happen. So wh while the offline business was going, I, the online world, there was just kind of like in the evenings just doing side projects, doing lots of CPA offers, affiliate offers, all that sort of stuff. Not so much to make money out of it, but just to learn like, how does this whole thing work? Um, you know, how do you, how do you bid on one side? Um, and it was just fascinating to me to, to be able to track like a keyword that makes money rather than uh, an ad that makes money. And, you know, and so, so you could see, you could get, get all this granular understanding and data um, which then allowed me to then, I, I bought a business out for a hair care product. 
Um, and I knew that, that this was the way to go. Um, and, and so then I started selling it and I had someone writing content for me and she used to work for Procter and Gamble. And uh, one day I asked her, I said, uh, cause I wrote wrong form sales letters and even, even uh, you know, Ben Savinger gave me tips on, on what to improve. So, so I was able to get it pretty good, but I wasn't getting the consistent results I was hoping for. Like I would, and, and when I asked uh, the lady who was writing articles for me, she would, who used to work for Procter and Gamble, she said, well, you know, this is how people see this market. And she was in product development. So like, you know, what's, what's your natural hair type and what problems are you having with the hair and what do you aspire, you, uh, what sort of benefits you're looking for. And, and she so I said, well, how would you do this? So she drew the first kind of decision tree, um, which is kind of like quiz on steroids which is based on the questions you ask, you can go in totally different directions. And she gave me this massive map. It went over four pages. And I was like, how on earth do you implement this? And so I came up with a hack version. It was, it, was, it, was, it was pretty dodgy. It was just HTML pages, which had linked together and took like about three months to get the whole thing done. But it worked, it worked like crazy. And I was like, wow, maybe this is a better way to sell. But what we would do is we would dynamically generate the sales that are based on the questions and answers you asked. And that was the beginning of, of Leadshook, which I was like, this is the way I should be selling every product, which is learn about what, you, what your problems are, what your pain is, what you desire, use all the data to mm. dynamically present a, a personalized sales letter or lead magnet, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that is what ended up being Leadshook. So um, you had these dynamically uh, generated sales letters. I remember um, looking into this stuff uh, many years ago, uh, probably 10 years ago now, um, I remember Evan, Evan Pagan was, was selling some kind of uh, um, uh, platform like that uh, where you'd, you'd uh, uh, answer these questions and that would dynamically generate the sales. That I can't remember what, what it was called, but I wanted to, um, I wanted, at the time, I wanted to uh, you know, uh, model something off based off what he did. So I think I was on the same track around that time, but I never pursued it. So do you, do you remember uh, the one that he was talking about? Yeah, yeah I do remember. Uh, it, the personalization was was quite uh, quite rudimentary. It wasn't it wasn't very uh, typical yeah, yeah, at all. It was basic, yeah, it was yeah, nothing like yeah, that. Yeah. Took, yeah. So, so so I remember seeing that, uh, but it just wasn't personalized enough for me. And I and I tried all the other quiz platforms that were out there at the time. You know. And, they all, and all, all they ever did was just ask you a bunch of like four straight questions and then take you to, you know, three or four different landing pages, which really wasn't personalization. It was just, you know, three or four different pages. And, somehow, yeah. you know, and I was like, no, what, what if I want to customize to every, every kind of permutation there was? And that, that's what I was fascinated by. Because that's what this lady had drew up. And she said, well, if, she, if they said straight hair, this is the content you want to present. If they said, you know, they have issues with it or they, or they chemically perm their hair or whatever, then you want to use this. If they aspire to not have split ends and all this sort of stuff, then you want to use this piece of content. So you wrote me all these snippets of copy and, and all I need to do is just compile it. So it ended up being like, there were, so there were four major hair types, like, you know, your hair, it was you know, straight, wavy, curly and all that sort of stuff. And I think she had like five different problems you could have and 10 different kind of desired outcomes you could have plus your age. And if you multiply all of those out, all the combinations out, you end up with about 26,000 combinations. And I was like, sure as hell, I wasn't going to make 26,000 pages. But, but imagine if you could generate 26,000 sales letters on the fly and all you ever needed was just a finite about 15 or 20 pieces of content. All, all the system did was put together in the right order based on the questions and answers you, you, you'd answered. Like, just imagine that would happen. 
and, yeah. and that's what yeah. that's what the challenge was and that's what version one of leadzook actually did and it just kind of blew me away because what it did was you could then frame or position your product uh based on the problems and answers and and so therefore you, you didn't need to be the world's best copywriter you didn't need to be you didn't need to be a, a halberd to make this thing sell because all, all i did was i i i you 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 showed the product or the solution uh, from their perspective, from their point of view. So if, if they have said that they mm. they have issues with, for example, you know, dry hair, then you talk on dry hair in your sales letter, right? Like there's no need to you know mess around with share, sharing all the other things, and you could kind of summarize the other benefits you can also get. So you could almost uh, dynamically have have uh, like multiple sales letters being presented at the same time, which is which was just a fascinating concept to me, and. At that time, I read, like I, I worked with uh, Dave Jennings and Mike Rhodes, uh, and we did the book launch for uh, uh, for Michael Gerber, uh, which is Beyond the E Myth, which was his, I believe, his last book in the E Myth series. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we used Lead Zook for for one of the dynamic generate lead magnets, which is you draw a chart and all this sort of stuff, and did all sorts of fancy stuff there. And we were getting like I don't know, fifteen cent leads or twenty cent leads, which was like printing money. Uh, and so that that's kind of like when the, that, that was the first time I worked on somebody else's project. I'd never done that sort of stuff before. And then Dave and Mike goes to me. They're like, you know, you need to release this as a product. Uh, I, that wasn't the intention at all. <laughs> yeah. um, and this is a, a accidental SaaS. Uh, there was no there was no product market fit or none of that sort of stuff. It was just uh, you know pretty much based on hunch and gut feel is where I, I ended up uh, mm-hmm. doing this. And that's that's always served me reasonably well. Is when you get traction, you, 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 you pursue that. And uh, that was version one. And I you know, went back to my team and I said, hey guys, you know, how, how do we turn this into a SaaS thing? And so we architected the platform to be a SaaS. And then, uh, you know, the first few clients came on. Uh, one of them was uh, doing about, I don't know, the, the first campaign they did, they would do about 10,000 leads in an hour. Wow. And I was like, right, this is, <laughs> this is That's the, crazy. So this is the kind of volume <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was, it was a stupid number. I was, I was just like, uh, and, and we crashed like twice or something or whatever, three times. This is like, you know, three, four years ago. And so I immediately stopped all signups. There were no signups. There was nothing. And we worked uh, basically for the next six months straight on how do you, how do you have a platform that can handle, you know, 10,000 leads uh, in an hour? Um, mm. and, and that was the challenge. And obviously we, we reactivated everything and then I released it again. And so the first, three or four guys that joined up um, were doing guys who were doing high volume. In fact, one of them was doing about 800 leads every five minutes on some of the, one of the campaigns they ran. So it was a short burst. And so it really taught me a lot about the tech side of things. Uh, you know, that wasn't my, my background. And so I had to quickly learn about tech stuff, but that meant you had to grow the business slowly, which is going to be a little weird saying that to a marketing crowd, mm. but because, because there's really no point at that point scaling if you don't know that you can look after your client. Like, like it'd be, it'd be, I'd be, I wouldn't be serving my customer if I just went out there and did a big product launch formula type of a launch and got you no know, 500 people into the platform and, and it crashed. Yeah. So, because, yeah. Because unfortunately, that's just the way technology works. Is that is that you know in a demo environment everything works and you put like real load on it and you realize this thing just collapses. And so I, I learned it. Thankfully, I wasn't charging the first customer. I said, just use it. And, uh, you know, um, all, all care, but no, no, no liability, right? Don't know. Yeah. And, and so then we worked around the, yeah, I, I basically worked around the clock. You worked our asses off actually to, to get this thing working properly. 
and now obviously you know we've got many many users and we're doing you know thousands and thousands of leads a day now so so it's it, <laughs> all, all those sort of techies <laughs> are largely gone now um, and now it's uh, we're we're kind of scaling slow, slow, once again scaling slowly because I'm I'm being respectful of the fact that most people come on uh, you know to, to make to make it online uh, I find that that at least the good guys that I've worked with they generally have you know three basic skills you know number one is they know the tech side reasonably well not necessarily that they are a techie themselves but they have someone on the team yeah they understand you know they get the, the whole pixeling thing the googling thing and you know GTM yeah. and all that techie sort of stuff. Uh, enough to have a conversation with with a techie to get it done. The mm. second one is obviously all the car, the copy marketing strategy side of things, um, and and the third component is is um, is someone who can sort of do your media buying for you. You know, because that's that's, yeah. that's that's the traffic part. And so if you can get sort of that that sort of holy trilogy or trident or whatever you want to call it, uh, your your probability of of success is actually very very high because you end up because you you don't have too many sort of blockages to go from idea to execution. And, and in fact, I've worked with guys who've signed up to the platform and, and in 45 minutes have, have, have started getting leads. And so when I've interviewed them, I, I can, cause I can see the numbers and I, and I reach out to them saying, Hey, listen, let's have a chat. And when you talk to them, you can tell like, like, you know, they've done media buying for a while. They've, they've gone through the, all the copy stuff. It doesn't have to be the world's best copywriter, but, but they, they have some copy chops. Uh, and lastly, yeah. they know enough about the tech that they can kind of get in there and, you know, you know, do the whole, like the, the techie side of things and put together a funnel reasonably quickly. And if you've got those sort of three things, you know, winning is, is much easier, or at least you'll be able to do more tests in, in a given time as someone who doesn't have those skills. So if you have a guy who only knows copy, but, but he needs a tech person on the team or a, or a media buyer, then all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the project that you could have had up and running in two days takes like five weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, so by the fifth week, the guy, the person who has got all three, uh, and it doesn't have to be one person, could be a team, you know, they've already done like 15, 20 tests to, to get there. Mm. So by the fifth week, they've got something that's working while someone who does not have the requisite sort of, you know, capability on board, you know, they kind of, you know, they're still spinning their wheels, you know, a couple of weeks or a couple of months out in some cases. And uh, yeah. So these people who were getting quick results, they've got all those different skills and, um, right. or they've got the, the, the team on board. So that, that's the, right. uh, that's the distinction that, that, uh, that we want to make clear, you know, uh, they don't have to actually have all all the skills themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, as so long it's not a ramble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it'd, it'd be hard to find someone. Uh, you do find every every software going to freak business. So it's not it's not a bring us. There'll be the, the person who's leading the project generally has kind of like their their, their sweet spot. Either they're an overly techie person, in which case they they're gonna have a, a copy marketing person on board and a media buyer, or if they're you know if they're really big in media buying or they know the media buying game really well then they'll have a copy and a, and a tech person or as, as their team member or, or some sort of variation thereof. Uh, and that's kind of makes up the, 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 the kind of like the, the winning, the A team, I guess, to win uh, car, uh, online in, in 2020. Is, at, at least that's been my experience. Um, I'm, I'm sure there are counterexamples to that, but it doesn't, it doesn't disprove the point that, that it just makes it easy when you have those skills. Yeah, yeah. And when you can do, when you can do that really quickly, um, Obviously, that's when the, the results come quickly because, like, uh, yeah. let's say, let's say when uh, um, if I'm just a copywriter and I, I I don't know how to buy traffic or I don't know how to um, 
build my own websites, you know, that, that's really uh, limiting because, uh, you know, I have to basically, you know, that, in that, that scenario, I, I guess you pretty much just have to work with clients. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Or, what's, or what ends up happening is, is you, end up, you end up doing things you really don't enjoy and you end up doing things that you just don't have, a, have the yeah. capability in. Like, yeah, you're yeah. not advanced enough. And so you, it just takes you 10 times longer to get anything done. Uh, when when that time could have been spent working on another five offers or could be working on another five campaigns or headlines or appeals or big ideas or whatever it be you know you 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 end up basically doing stuff that you're just not supposed to do <laughs> and uh, yeah and true. that ends up and so what is happening is that is that you you and then also you're exhausted by the time you go live so so when it fails uh, because he he's he's the, the kind of like the 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 untold sort of secret i guess is almost every campaign you start with sucks, you know, that's just, yeah. you know, like, you know, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, uh, that's just how it is, you know, and so, so, uh, but a person who's got that requisite or the, the, the capability on board, uh, as in not in themselves, but in their team, which means they're, they're iterating much faster, you know, so they're like, or, or they're able to uh, spread their money and, and test five good ideas rather than by the time they, they finally get their one website done and the one funnel done and the one copy done and the one ad campaign done, it's six weeks, you know, and you've already spent like, you know, you know, a lot of time is wasted on it. So now you're desperate. So you run one campaign, it, it flops and you go, oh yeah, that sucks. And let's move on to the next one. So what ends up happening is you essentially just jump from promo to promo and market to market rather than having enough time on any one to make it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, <clears throat> that that's key to have all those skills on board, and um, uh, it really cuts down the 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 time between uh, testing, like you say. So that's a real key yeah. to success. That's it. Exactly right. And 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 testing of big ideas, like the the other issues I've seen in 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 testing stuff is people often just test a, a very basic concept, so they'll they'll fall in love with the the, the initial idea. And they'll come up with very close variations of that one idea. And mm. that's really not at all. Like, like you want to come up with like, like 10 really wild ideas uh, and then <laughs> test those. So go wide before you go deep, you know, because uh, obviously, you know, because that way you increase your, your probability uh, of success of the campaign when, you, when you're testing many, many different ideas. Because uh, normally what happens is people fall in love with this one thing. They come up with very close variations of the one. Yeah, you can do that after you've gotten some traction. So you run 10 uh, or five or so, whatever, you know, uh, different big ideas or hooks. And then if you see traction in one and then sort of go deeper into, into that sort of a funnel. Uh, so it's yeah. almost like test appeals first before you test the funnel. And so once you've got an appeal that's working and then you go, okay, cool. How do I optimize this appeal with its variations? Yeah. Yeah. It's something that, uh, um, uh, I've heard from people like, uh, uh Todd Brown, who, uh, wrote some copy for uh, he said he puts it this way he says um uh, test the uh, test uh, something that screams not test not something that that's a whisper so um like yeah. you say some, yeah. something that's going to make a, a big difference uh yeah. if you find the winner yeah helbert used to call it uh, differences that scream versus differences that screech yeah <laughs> so it, i find it fascinating that you've been to um not just to um, to Halbert events, but the the uh, Gary Venture 100 event. Yep. Yeah, that, that that that's amazing because that's one of the uh, once in a lifetime events that um, that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't lying in his cell, <laughs> Yeah. 
It's not like, not it's, like Dan, rarity, right? yeah, it's not like Dan Kennedy's last ever events that he used to run every year. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. but uh, um, yeah, because uh, uh, Gary Vee is uh, one of the greatest copywriters of all time. So uh, if, if that if that event yeah, was coming he's, around he's, now, yeah, yeah, his his, his swipe file was uh, was definitely worth the investment. Yeah, yeah, um, sounds like it. Yeah. The sixteen pieces that he had written that you know mailed millions of times. Um, that was that was uh, that, that 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 taught me a lot actually. In fact, I did uh, go through all of those and and really break it up as to what what is he doing line by line, and that's probably uh, you know uh, one of the greatest lessons I, I've I've learned, which is you know ripping apart something that has been proven to work and you. But then I find like as you as your capability increases, you can go back to the old pieces and you see new things yeah uh which 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 is something like like i i learned pretty early that you know when you so let's say for example you know you, you go through the copy course and you get the basics you get it done you, you you run a campaign you fail you suck at it and you go back to those old pieces that have been done by it but because you've got the experience of failure now you, you look at the copy differently mm. uh, and then so you changes and then you run the campaign again it, it bombs again you go back to the original piece and you, you you even see more things, and so so I found that it's almost like an onion where each time you look at it, but because your capabilities increased, you'll see nuances that you previously had had missed. In fact, the, the the biggest thing he gave me was I sent him a letter and I said this is not working for me. Can you see what's wrong with it? Any any, he, he said no. Nah. He goes letters fine. He goes your flows off, and I had never even heard of that concept before. I was like what do mm. you? And so he shared an example that of of what I was doing wrong, which was. I wouldn't finish an idea before I started a new one because you're kind of like a little bit jumping all over the place, which yeah. was, I guess, one of the best. Videos. And I was like, oh, I, I never even thought of that. I never even saw that. Uh, I didn't even know that existed. Um, no one's it really teaching someone it. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And certainly no one teaching it. Um, I mean, can you imagine trying to sell that on? I'll teach you flow. You yeah, know, yeah. No one's going to turn up. <laughs> um, so, um, so that. that and, and that that basically was was the missing link in my education. I had kind of like had all the other pieces in place, but the flow thing was off. And once he, he pointed out to me, it became kind of abundantly clear that that what was missing. Um, and then it was that, that that was the breakthrough actually. That after that, you know, marketing became quite easy. Yeah, well, yeah. Easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's never easy. <laughs> A lot easier than it was before, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, or, or, or your chance of getting it wrong was was lower. You know, obviously it's a and, and, and your ability to, to come up with bad ideas uh, improved as a result of it. Or even if you were to, uh, you know, do a promo, you, you, uh, it, it was kind of back on my mind. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> Gary said flow, focus on flow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's another one of those tools in your armory where it re reduces your uh, chances of failure. And it went as, uh, as long as you can keep reducing the chance of failure, then you've got obviously going to have a bigger chance of success. This is what the... What the good thing is about you, you know, traveling the world, investing in all those uh, events and all the courses and, and everything, you know, that's what that gives you. Yeah, it's it, it's funny. I actually didn't even know who Gary Bensavenga was when I rocked up at the event. Okay. And that's, yeah, I only went there because because uh, I, you know I would read the Gary Halbert letter and he said, "Listen, this guy is the world's best copywriter." I said, "I never heard of him, but if Gary says he's the world's best copywriter, he must be the world's best copywriter." So, so I. I, I yeah, so I reached out to Gary because he was like application only, and I said, "Listen, I, I, I you know, I'm pretty new at this stuff." Uh, but and then he replied back and asked me a few questions. I replied back. He said, "Yeah, no worries, you can come." So, 
So <laughs> that was it. Maybe I got the last ticket. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a ticket. That's the important part. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So, and a once in a lifetime opportunity, like, like I said, you know, um, uh, how uh, has all this, uh, um, this, this, uh, this body of work that you, you've learned in, in marketing and copywriting, um, how are you, how are you using that uh, with Leadsook? Uh, because I know that you, um, uh, you you help a lot of entrepreneurs with their marketing as well, uh, especially when it comes to Leadsook. How have you gone from? Uh, have you taken what you've learned in in the, uh, over the years and, and applied it to uh, Leadsook and, and helping the users of Leadsook? So, firstly, from from a business side of things. Um, and from business side of things, uh, I've learned very early in, in prior businesses that you, you need to look after your, your, your customers and a happy customer brings, brings other customers. It's basically mm. been the mantra. And so, uh, oddly enough, though we're a platform that does lots of marketing lead generation for other businesses, I actually have not done much at all for Leads Hook because every month we just get more and more users signing up purely from word of mouth. Uh, there's some affiliate sales, but really not much. And, which, which is, I'm thankful for that, and, and, I, and I do appreciate that from our, from our users. And, but that, that hasn't been fluke or anything. It wasn't like I just, you know, it, it, it's been by design. We've spent, I've spent a lot of time, effort, and energy to make sure that when people sign up, that they get a, a really good experience. Uh, and in fact, even so, even to this day, I, I get on a 45-minute call with every new sign-up one-on-one. And so, so that... that I don't see any SaaS owner, owner doing that because everybody's about scale and grow fast and 10x this and 50x yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Like, well, I mean, the business will 50x itself if you just look after the one guy who did sign up. And, 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 uh, and so, so that's, that's been kind of been my, my sort of philosophy in, in this business. And I also knew that, that the whole technical risk, which is what I'm trying to uh, make sure because people are spending big dollars. And so, we can't afford for the platform to go down, which is why I'm growing slowly. I'm more paranoid than anything else, actually. But, but, but things are getting easier and we are opening up much, much more. So I'm starting to run ads at this time because uh, of the coronavirus, their ad costs are cheap. We're getting a lot of people signing up. So continuing to do that. Uh, but I guess to go back to your, to your original question is, as, as a result of the prior marketing work that I'd done and Leeds Hook, it's, it's given me access to many more businesses and to review what they're doing. So in the 45 minute calls that I do do, I'm almost in every case, uh, either going through their funnel or showing them how to build a funnel um, that including a decision tree and going back to that philosophy of, of learn enough about your leads or customers to be able to sell them what, what are you trying to sell? And, and it just makes kind of life a little bit easy. If I, if I know a bit more about you uh, and, and what, what angle you're coming from or what you what is emotionally hurting you, then we can adjust the pitch or the angle or the copy to, to move you to the next step in yeah. the funnel. It could be all the way to a sale uh, or it could be just the next step, which is to you know, book a call or whatever it be. And, and, and as a result of, of access to so many different businesses, I've reviewed about almost 3,000 funnels now. And there's not a market that I haven't seen. I mean, I've done everything from genetic testing to, to I don't know, dog fighting or whatever. You know, like just really mm-hmm. there's not much out there, including all the big markets, whether it be debt and and, um, and, you know, the prepper space, uh, you know, uh, yeah, really, there's not, yeah. not too many markets yeah. I've seen. And so what ends up happening after a while, it's sort of all sort of just 
mashes and merges in your head and you and you get like a almost like a matter pattern that, that works and the matter pattern is is always the one thing only which is you come up with a, a test enough big ideas you take them through a decision tree process you give them a personalized content of some sort could be a chart a graph a sales letter a lead magnet um, and then through through that learning you frame or you position your product to be the answer to their problems or in what way is your solution the best solution after what you've learned about mm. them and that just makes life easy uh, of course with the tech side of things you you can take all those answers they're giving you and push them to facebook and google and you can do audiences and sub audiences and a whole lot of other sort of audiencing strategies you can do as a result of all this data most people aren't teaching this stuff nor are they doing all this stuff most people are using think like i just ask four or five questions uh, and 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 this is all i'm going to do the 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 quizzes don't work it's it's the, it's the frame of 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 learning about someone and then using that knowledge and information to um, to talk to them at a at a at a personal level is yeah. what's working. It's empathy of, of the whole thing, you know, not not the, the quiz per se. And I yeah. think quizzes are being attributed with the success, but it's not. It's it's uh, it, it's what are the quizzes showing you? What, what are you learning about your customer that's allowing you to sell something uh, in in a much more relevant in a much more relevant way? Yeah, yeah, and that's the uh, that's the key to the whole thing, you know. The quiz is just a tool to uh, to get this exactly. data. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I've found through other clients who've who've run a lot of traffic to to quizzes where um, the quiz is not um, uh, like uh, particularly useful. Uh, you know, people can see that, and they're just like talking to them in a very generic way. But if they actually uh, use the data, it's the same as as it's always been, we've just got this new tool now um, called Leadshook to to make it a lot easier and and more personalised. It's the same as it's, it's always been. It's, it, would you say this is it was true? You know, if you know uh, this data about your customer, if you know um, their uh, their likes, their dislikes, and all of that, and their frustrations, um, that's how you uh, uh, speak to them in in a way that uh, that uh, convinces them to buy from you. Yeah, but, but also what it does, it, it also uh, sort of means you don't need to research the heck out of everything. You know, you can you can just come up with your your basic idea, get the damn thing launched, and then based on feedback and seeing where are people going with this, who's converting, who's not, you have all this data to play with, and then you can always refine your idea later, uh, your your idea later, or make the idea better as you're learning more. And yeah. that's that's what I found is, is in most cases, like because. You, you can research the hell out of something and if you're not a very good researcher or if you're disengaged you, you know you're just wasting time so people think our oh, research is important and i totally agree research is important but the researcher is more important like for example like because i think one of the best researchers that we both know is is, is bond halbert right if if bond researches the market it's going to be a totally different outcome and big idea to if i do it or you do it or somebody else and so so though researching is important uh, I think it's far more important to get the damn idea into the marketplace and get them feedback. You know, better of running 50 bucks of Facebook traffic and finding out this sucked than to spend like, you know, six weeks to come up with the best campaign ever and then it bombs. Yeah. So, so yeah. I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of just get the damn thing out there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all, that's, that's work for me. Um, and also it means that you're also liberated from, from being, you know, the world's best researcher, the world's best anything, you know, just, just get it out there and, and see what happens. At least you know why you suck. Now you can go back and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do the, and all the other stuff. And so that's what I would do. But the, the one thing I found that has really moved a lot of campaigns is, um, is basically a 
pattern that I use with with the questions that I teach all of the guys who are using Lidzook is to is to emotionalize your decision tree, you know, and we're talking about emotionalizing, you know, your content and, and emotional copywriting, all the other stuff. But it's something as simple as as if someone has said to you in a weight loss campaign that they want to lose 20 kilograms, you just just have a, ask a question. Like 20, losing 20 kilos would mean, and you give a whole bunch of answers, checkbox answers, so they can select more than one. So they may, you know, select things like, you know, live longer and play with my kids and or all the way to, you know, six packs abs or, I don't know, get an idle partner or whatever it be. And that, that, just by having that one question uh, or an emotionalization question like that, it, it, it shows you what their motivations are. So say for example, if I just learned that this person is, is really wanting to lose weight because they want to leave a legacy or they want to kind of play with their, their kids or something, then I can generate a new sales letter on the fly that talks about that. And I don't have to show them, you know, six packs, abs and all that kind of stuff, which really is not their primary motivation at all. It could be, it could be a, a sub-motivation, but certainly it's not the primary one. It's not While somebody else out there is 20 years old, exactly, yeah, it's, it was 20 years old and they're looking for, you know, to get, you know, ripped six-pack abs and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you can show them that. So just just by having these little little bits in there, I mean, there was one that I worked on, they were doing a property investing funnel, where if you bought property in some through some tax strategy, you'd actually end up, you know, getting cash in your pocket up front. So they're like, oh, it's not working. And, and we just added one question is, is, uh, is supposed to be dynamically calculated how much, how much uh, you would make extra a week. And we just put a question saying, what are you do, going to do with the extra, you know, 400 bucks uh, per week in income from your, from your properties, mm. or from your investment, whatever it was. And we just gave answers like, you know, like, you know, play golf or spend more time with the, with the grandkids, yada, yada, yada. All they were doing there was just convincing themselves of why this is such a good idea. And, yeah. and, and that's, that's all that question did. First, it allowed us to learn a bit more about this person, their, their motivations and why they're doing this. And, and you can use that immediately to, to put them into a totally different new sequence for your email copy or SMS copy, or even for telephone sales. Like uh, a lot of these campaigns that we do, we're, we're basically just grabbing the lead and the lead is being sold to a third party. And then the third party client, like a financial planner or a mortgage broker or whatever, will get on the call with them. But having these these emotional motivations for why they're doing what they uh, wh why are they doing what they're doing, means that you can start the conversation when you call your client in a, in a totally different space. You know, you don't have to. You know, you can you can after the pleasantries, you can get get straight away to how how am I going to close this person? Well, you already know you're going to close them because they've already told you yeah. how you should how they should be closed. Yeah, that's amazing because it's it's something that uh, you got to do in your research. Like, um, obviously, this is what uh, our friend. Bond Howard does so well, um, finding out whether, you know, they're motivated uh, primarily by, um, by, you know, uh, spending more time with the kids or having a six pack, you know, um, those are two right. very different audiences. And exactly. The, in the, when you do your research, you've got to find out your particular audience, which you're aiming for this campaign, uh, which one is more of a motivation for them. But uh, when you use one of these decision trees, you, you get to uh, do the market research on the fly. And, uh, and you don't need yeah, so, to do all that so, research beforehand. Yeah, so he, he, he's generally what I would do. I was like, let's say, for example, through research, we find out that the weight loss space has got five primary motivations. And you're like, well, which one do I go with? Well, you go with all five. You ask them, you know, these are the reasons why I'm doing this. And then immediately yeah. you, you show them, you know, five basic sales pages. You don't even have to be, you know, overly complicated and see what the traction is and see who bought what and see how far down the funnel they went. You know, did they buy upsells and all that sort of stuff. 
So not only are you optimizing at, the, at, a, at, a, at a one funnel level, you're optimizing five different funnels at, in, at five different ways with five different messaging. Now, obviously, no one is going to do all five at once. So you, so you just start the campaign. You see where uh, are you getting early traction? And you just put those other three or four, whatever it is, on uh, on standby or just on, you know, let, 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 just let's sit on the side while you optimize one. And then once it gets highly profit, then you use those. In, in a lot of markets, is that the same product can be sold from five or three or whatever, X number of different vantage points. And are having the ability to learn that there are five market segments that are primarily going to consume my product, but these are the five messages and five different appeals that are needed to sell the same damn thing. But because you're, you're changing the point of view through which your customer is seeing your product, you're able to, you know, have five goes of it, right? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Leadshook is, uh, is one of the, um, one of my new favorite platforms. Uh, and I know that, um, uh, one of the best, uh, sources of information that, uh, um, because I, like, like I was saying before, you help out, uh, a lot of, uh, uh marketers with the, the stuff as well. One of the best, uh, places that I go for, uh, sorry, um, so Leadtalk is one of my uh, uh, my new favourite platforms, you know, for for all of these reasons. Uh, one of the uh, my favourite places to go for uh, tutorials and marketing information, whether it's Leadhook or uh, you know or uh, different stuff, which is I looked for what I was saying before about you you help your uh, uh, clients a lot and and uh, marketers a lot. Um, is the uh, the lead sort group on Facebook, and this is what I wanted to finish up with because this is one of my favourite groups. I know you're always dropping a, a lot of uh, a lot of great stuff in there, tutorials and information. Um, so uh, this is one of the things that I, I wanted to to finish up with and mention uh, to people to to get more info on you, what you do, and 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 share some of the this information that you're sharing. Yeah. Yeah. So. I do share quite a lot in there. What I, what I find is I also, in the early days, I used to sort of share everything. These days I don't, I find overwhelm <laughs> kicks in pretty quickly. So, yeah, so yeah. I, I tend to, um, I've also learned like, cause you know, like I, I like to consume my information, like, you know, you know, very heavy, like, you know, just immerse and then come out of it. While uh, I've learned most, most people don't, uh, most people prefer, you know, just bite, bite sized pieces. Mm. So, the early courses or the early content I created were, were very in-depth and kind of maybe a, a little bit too in-depth. So these days I've, I've learned better. So, so now what I do is I, I create little lessons, you know, little two-minute videos and little three-minute videos. So they bite-size, they enough to give you a different perspective, uh, but not so much that you're like, okay, well, you know what? That's great, Nick, but I'm not going to do it because it's too hard basket. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I've, I've, I've learned as well how to serve my customer uh, based on the, because I would kind of teach how I want to be taught, uh, which is really not, not the same thing. Mm. Uh, so there you go. Um, you know, despite having so much marketing experience, you can still make those mistakes. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, and so that's, that's what I do now. And that's, that's what's been, been one of the good things about the group is, is, um, is that it allows me to share bite-sized pieces. Anyone can join. Um, you know, there's no, there's no limits to who can join there. Some people come and kind of snoop around and see what this is about before they, before they sign up. Um, and what I found is, you know, those who join the group and then sign up, they, they tend to be very, very sticky because obviously they've uh, asked questions, they've seen the banter in the group, they've seen what can be done, and then they finally join. So yeah. it ends up becoming almost like a secret, 
sales letter, I guess, <laughs> or, 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 or a multi-touch point, uh, you know, promotion uh, where I actually didn't have to do anything except just, uh, you know, contribute to the group and answer the questions that are there. Yeah, I, I'm in the group myself. It's um, primarily managed by me um, because I enjoy the interaction with the with the with the, with the crowd or with the, uh, with the with the with the group there. Um, yes, yeah, it's not outsourced to anybody. It's not like you know, you know, somebody else is going to be answering questions. I'm, I'm in there myself, personally, because because I, I learn a lot. I'm still learning a lot uh, mm. uh, from the whole process, and uh, and that's the enjoyable part. Because what it does, the engagement and the learning, then goes back into product development. Right, every month we're releasing new stuff. Like we've got personalized buttons now. We've got we've got all all sorts of stuff. I mean, I'm having a hard time keeping up with the uh, with with the knowledge base uh, that we've created about what the damn thing does. And, and even, I, you know, even I forget the features we have. So, so, so because it's, it's designed for one thing and one thing only, which is how do I personalize my user's experience without me physically being there? And, yeah. uh, and that's, that's the goal of all of this stuff. And the more I engage with users, the more I engage with the marketing problems they're having, the better we make the product because, um, you know, that's his live research, right? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, so um, Lead Talk Users is the name of the Facebook group, and uh, and that's one of the uh, um, best resources you can get on marketing information. There's a lot of Lead Talk stuff in there. I think that uh, uh, when people get in the group and they see not only everything you shared, but specifically the Lead Talk stuff, there, you know, they might be tempted to uh, uh, sign up for for Lead Talk as well. So, um, like I say, it's it's great for uh, Lead Talk as well, but uh, um, but. Just as, just yeah, as, yeah, uh, I, as relevant. Yeah, no, yeah. I do share breakthroughs. Like, for example, I, I, I shared a funnel which was getting a 73% opt-in and they were getting 10,000 leads a month. And so, so like, so I want to share the exact vertical. So I kind of like, you know, gray out a few details. Yeah. How I, I shared in the group um, uh, a, a decision tree. So just to kind of like the kind of content we, I do share uh, is a, a, a decision tree that was getting a 73% opt-in um on on cold traffic yeah doing about ten thousand leads a month with it and um and, and i shared how they were able to do that so i didn't um i kind of hit the uh hit what market they were in uh, and i shared uh, the, the the psychology uh, that they used to get um, such a high opt-in rate so i do share things like that where and so then people can take away the the, the basic idea or principle of why this is working and test it out in their own funnels and, mm. uh, and that's mm. the things I do. So, so yeah. So, if you want to learn about a seventy-three percent opt-in decision tree, <laughs> jump yeah, into the group. Crazy. Yeah, cra- crazy opt-in, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the group is leads of users. Um, uh, it's definitely worth joining that uh, to um, uh, get in touch with Nick's expertise. Um, you know, uh, I highly suggest you go and join the Facebook group now. And Nick, I think you should probably. Uh, uh, look out for uh, an influx of of new members, which uh, which hopefully uh, yeah. no, no, it'll be good. It'll it'll, uh, it'll balance out the group. We have a lot of uh, techie marketers. It'll be good to have, uh, and not just that. In, in fact, I'm quite open to people, you know, sharing, uh, kind of picking clients from the group, you know, because there's obviously a lot of guys in there who who are running large volumes of traffic, but but they're not necessarily copywriters themselves, and so yeah. it ends up becoming a good win-win situation where. It's a highly curated group uh, because uh, you know because Leadzook is not actively promoted. Like I'm not, mm. it's not like I click, you're going to see an ad every five seconds. So, so the only person who joins is someone who comes from a recommendation from someone else. 
so so it, it really is is a a uh, a place where you know like some of the top marketers on the planet are hanging out right now so so that's 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 why it'd be a good place to 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 join as well because and i'm i'm guessing anyone who listens to this podcast is probably someone who is at the upper echelons of in the online marketing game because of your connections yeah yeah i mean um it's a great group to join i mean i'm part of a bunch of groups on facebook most of them are uh, you know, I don't follow anymore. Uh, they're not, not particularly useful, but lead talk, I, lead talk users I do. So um, if you're listening on iTunes, then uh, go to geniusesofcoffeewriting.com. I will uh, chuck a link to the group uh, on this episode, or you can just search on Facebook for lead talk users. Um, you'll see uh, uh, Nick's friendly face in there, and I'm in there from time to time as well. Um, so uh, definitely great group to join. I highly recommend it. Um, I do appreciate uh, spending uh, this time um, dropping these knowledge bombs for us uh, today, Nick. Uh, uh, it's very useful. Um, Leadsook is great as well, but what I liked about your advice is that you don't have to be signed up to Leadsook to really uh, utilize it. Leadsook, I think, just makes it makes it a lot easier. But yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, so you can do a lot of things without Leadsook. We'll, we'll just make the process faster, quicker, yeah, as well true. as much more robust and much more granular, you know, that's, that's your, so that's a value. And I'm not going to say that you can't do it yourself yet by all means, but uh, yeah. So anyway, it's, 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 it's another tool, uh, but that's expanding, you know, it's capability on a monthly basis and, but you don't have to be that ill, but, but marketers do enjoy it because it's using technology to for personalization. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you shared all this with us today. Uh, Nick, I really appreciate you coming on. No, thank, you um, having, having, yeah. thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I really appreciate uh, being here. Some some very big names. Um, so uh, I'm glad to be part of the part of the group. Not a problem. Uh, you certainly deserve it. So thanks again for sharing. Um, everyone, go to uh, the Lead Talk Users group on Facebook, um, and uh, uh, it's uh, something that uh, you'll definitely like. So thanks again, Nick. Um, we'll Thank catch you so again. We'll do this again sometime soon. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Sam. Thank you for listening to Geniuses of Copywriting with Brian Casagina. To get the full transcript and all the resources mentioned on today's show, go to www.geniusesofcopywriting.com now.